I'd love to dive into NFL Week 17. For the first time, Week 17, not the final week of the regular season, but in this news cycle, kind of feels like we're in a perpetual state of Week 17s here. What's it like for you going through this process and trying to figure out if there's any games you want to take a stand on or uh, where you might be facing some liabilities? Well, it's funny. I was on the air uh, just on Monday, and I said, really, kind of what you just echoed, seems like the last couple weeks, every week's been like Week 17. Uh, at this point in time, handicapping or I'd say kind of getting on the right side isn't so much handicapping. It's finding out who's in and who's out and betting accordingly. Uh, It doesn't always work out that way. You know, we've actually, we actually had a pretty good week last week. Um, But, you know, you could just see a lot of line movement depending on, uh, on, you know, the, the injury report or COVID report, however you want to see it. Uh, And that's really moving a lot of numbers. And it's been challenging because your, your ordinary like handicapping skills, I would say, you know, I don't want to say they're thrown out the window, but they can't take a back seat to, to who's in and who's out. Yeah, in the last 24 hours or so, I think the most prominent example, we could jump to the top of the board, Las Vegas, Indianapolis, and the big bombshell Carson Wentz to the COVID list. Maybe not a huge surprise to a lot of fans with the knowledge that he's unvaccinated, but uh, that finally happened. So it seems like, okay, everybody's trying to bet the Raiders while they can. The line crashes to what, uh, around one and a half or two for a bit. It comes off the board a lot of books. But now I'm looking, seeing some six and a halfs because the NFL, NFLPA decide to adopt some new CDC guidance, moving the isolation window from 10 days to five days. So it's not even like you're following just NFL news. It is, you know, pretty much national news at the highest level. Uh, What was that experience in particular like managing it from a bookmaking side of things? Well, we got hit. I mean, there's no doubt we got hit on it. And, uh, you know, and I kind of had read the story the day before by Greg Doyle who's an Indianapolis uh, sports writer. And he talked about how the, the Colts among all the teams are probably more vulnerable than anybody else because, because of Wentz and, uh, you know, Nelson, their, their terrific guard and a couple other guys you mentioned. I'm not the greatest knowing all the names of the players, but anyway, some key players for the Colts who were unvaccinated. And, uh, you know, we saw it the week before um, when all the money showed on the Cardinals late in the day, and in the week, as the reports came out of the unvaxxed player and the, and the guys that were on the COVID list, now the Colts played terrific football and won that game. Uh, then now you got Carson Wentz up. That number dropped precipitously. I wound up taking it off the board. Uh, spent, you know, I, I don't mind if I, if I know who's not playing and who is playing. But right now, I think it's totally up in the air whether Carson Wentz is going to play or not. It was backups Ellinger. I mean, I don't need, mean to cast aspersions, but – I, I didn't think he was that great at Texas. And then all of a sudden now, and Wentz is having a good year. I saw he's sixth in the league, I think, at QBR. Um, and he seems to fit that team very well. And uh, having Ellinger instead, I just think would be a monstrous difference. So right now I have it off my board. And, you know, I hope to have it up by Friday or Saturday. But uh, we'll have to see what the CDC says, because right now they have as much control over this thing as anybody. Yeah, and I'd love to also touch on one game where fortunately we do have a degree of clarity uh, just to see, you know, where my handicapping process uh, might be able to align or perhaps veer in a different direction from the way that you look at things on your side of the counter. Um, I've already gone ahead and gotten down on the Lions. Um, I'd say the current plus seven. I still see some value. They are traveling to Seattle this week. And when I look at that game, a couple of things I think about would be red zone 
for the Lions last week. They were 0 for 4. The Falcons were 2 for 2. So even though the Lions covered that game, maybe one of the more misleading final scores with the Lions not getting the outright win. If they do get that win, I have a hard time seeing how this number is plus 7. Maybe the Seahawks home field advantage, which has been legendary over the years, still getting a bit more credit than it deserves because this is not the Legion of Boom team. I feel like the fans know that, and, and perhaps Seattle's home field advantage, not what it once was. I'm wondering if that factor isn't fully being accounted for. Also, a game like this with a low total. I mean, right now we're looking at 42.5 to 43 across the board. That magnifies the value of getting a full touchdown compared to a game lined in the 50s like we've seen plenty of throughout the course of this season. Um, is there anything I'm missing where you think the number at a flat seven seems correct in your eyes? No, and I'm looking at my notes. I made the game six and a half, so, you know, cutting it pretty close if I was out there betting. Sure. So that six and a half was a good number. Uh, and I'm also looking at my notes. I give them two points for a home field advantage, which, by the way, is still fairly strong in my line of thinking. Most teams are either in one, one and a half. Two is actually kind of a high uh, home field advantage for me. Um, I, I, I'm wondering about Jared Goff though, is he in or out, you know, cause he's been, we've kind of gotten both reports about right. him, but I think this Detroit team plays really, really hard. Um, they don't have abundant an abundance of talent and Seattle now all of a sudden out of the playoffs for the first time in, you know, what a decade, maybe something like that. Uh, you just wonder how emotionally they're going to feel going into a game like this. You know, against the, a team that, you know, mentally they, they probably think they should beat. And I'm not sure their preparation all week is going to be what it should be. So I, I definitely lean towards Detroit in this game. Uh, and I know what you said about last week, but I was sure glad when Campbell kicked that field goal to cut it to four. That was pretty good. Yeah, might not have been the most optimal decision in terms of win probability. Uh, yeah, but from the standpoint of who's going to cover the game, of course, that's that's the name of the game in this whole endeavor. Uh, and you and I both uh, didn't mind it needing a little bit of Detroit there at the end. And, and this week, as we, you know, we've touched on Lions, Seattle, I know Colts Raiders off the board for very easy to understand reasons. Are there any games at this point where you do feel like there's enough clarity to know where you're looking to take a bit of a stand and maybe like the Lions last week, um, need a side come Sunday? Yeah, I've got a couple games that kind of like, um, you know, I I like the Eagles this week, and I usually don't like, you know, road favorites. But like I said, I think the home field advantage has been greatly overstated. Uh, I like the Eagles. I think they're playing some pretty good football right now. I think Washington uh, really has an awful lot of injuries, and I think it's really impacted their play. And I don't like to play momentum. I always talk about it in the NFL. If you play momentum, uh, you're probably going to get beat in the long run. You really have to buy low and sell high. And right now, there's a lot of money showing on Washington. I see it even, you know, three with some juice on the favorite in some places. So I think if you could lay the Eagles at a, at a field goal, even if you have to lay a little extra juice, I think there's some value there. Um, you know, I got some other ones that I'm, I'm kind of looking at. There's none I'm, I'm totally crazy about. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely favor the Detroit side. Um you know, I try not – I let my opinion – I always say my opinion is worth one bet, you know, when you're a bookmaker. I don't mind going in with a side. I don't mind that at all. I mean, as a matter of fact, I prefer to go in with a side. But I try to go in with a side with the smart money. And uh, sometimes my opinion is on with the smart money, and sometimes it's not, to be honest with you. But we try to go in with the, the quote-unquote right side as often as possible. And, you know, over the years, I think I've done a decent job of doing that. 
Absolutely. And when it comes to trying to go in with the right side of things, I know everybody can talk themselves into or off of just about any team any week. Is there anything that comes to mind if I'm to ask you maybe some of the most overrated stats or factors that often get talked about a lot, but in reality are already priced into the line? Well, I see a lot of guys come out with these trends. And uh, I don't want to say the guy's name. He's kind of well-known. But he come out with a, a, a boatload of trends on every game. And I always say, if you read the trends on, like, a particular game, I wanted to bet every penny in my bank account both on and against both teams because you can make that justification. And I think if you if you do a, enough data mine, you can come up with that all the time. That's why I think it's really important to keep current statistics. And, you know, the games are decided on the field. And there are some trends, I think, if you're looking at quote-unquote trends that are uh, – reflected in the price or, or, or perhaps better to say not reflected in the price. I think there's ways that you could look at last week's results and overrate a team or underrate a team coming into this week. And if you look at things like that, uh, things where, um, you know, a, a deceptive score can influence the next week's price. I think those trends, you know, again, I hate to call them trends, but those things are worth looking at. Whereas, um, you know, they're, you know, they've won six out of their last seven, you know, indoors or something like that. Uh, th that's usually just a bunch of crap, to be honest with you.